Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? Justin Nault here with another Ask Me Anything episode. This is audio pulled from my weekly Facebook Live, which you can catch every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central at facebook.com slash the Clovis Culture. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Each and every review counts. It really, really helps, and it means the world to me. Thank you so much. As always, this episode is brought to you by Clovis. I am the founder and CEO of Clovis, and I am in the business of impacting people's lives for the better. I have helped over 500 people just like you transform their health and wellness, and I want to work with you. To prove it, I'm going to give you a free seven-day trial, which will give you full-blown access to all of the members-only content that Clovis has to offer, free for a full seven days. Just visit IamClovis.com slash start, S-T-A-R-T, IamClovis.com slash start. You will find some videos of yours truly, and you will find some incredible testimonies from some of my Clovis clients. You will be shocked by the unbelievable stories that these brave individuals have to tell. Stories of full-blown life transformation. 50 pounds in 8 weeks, 40 pounds in 60 days, 21 pounds in 19 days, 100 pounds in 6 months. You name it, I've got somebody that's done it. Check out IamClovis.com start and get started with your free trial today. If you'd like to check out my physical products, I am offering you a very special deal on the Perfect Paleo Powder, 30% off your first purchase. In fact, that 30% discount will be applied to your entire cart for your first purchase at IamClovis.com. Head over to IamClovis.com, check out the Perfect Paleo Powder and all the other products that I have available, and you will get 30% off your first purchase. Just use promo code Perfect podcast, all one word, P-E-R-F-E-C-T-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Perfect podcast, all one word. Apply this discount code at checkout and you will receive 30% off your entire first order. Just visit IamClovis.com to grab this special deal. All right, let's get on with the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? It's Justin. Welcome to live Ask Me Anything, number 71. I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I hope I got that right. Hey, sorry I'm a few minutes late. I'm still trying to figure out this, the Instagrams, right? Trying to do the whole swipe up thing. But um, so I got a swipe up feature added to the Instagram story on the Clovis Culture, added it to the Justin Alt page as well. But um, it's a little tricky because I have to do it, you know, basically at 8 p.m., Central because I don't want to have a swipe up feature that leads people to the page if I'm not actually live. So I tend to wait until 8 p.m. and then do the swipe up feature on Instagram Live. So I end up here at like 8.04 or 8.05 or whatever because I'm apparently not a whiz at Instagram yet. But I'm getting there. Ooh, we already have loves and likes and happy faces and minions and all sorts of fun stuff. Keep clicking the buttons. Click the happy face button. Click the love button. Click the there should be a minion button. That would be fun. You can click the angry face. You can click the wow face. You can click the sad face. We're probably going to go through all of those emotions tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Happy, sad, everything in between. I got some cool questions um, that some of them I think are going to be pretty heavy to get into in terms of time. So I kind of want to dive into this. um, And I think that the last question that I saved is going to be 
quite lengthy because it's really, really important. I think I need to dig into it um, just based on reading. The way that it that the question was worded was fantastic as well. So let's say what's up to everybody first. What's up, Laura? What's up, Judy? What's up, Jackie? What's up, Jessica? What's up? Oh, oh Bimbo's here. What's up, dude? Estelle. Mm, I love it. What's up, Mike? How you doing, man? Welcome. Laura's here. Hello, tribe. What's up, tribe? This is the tribe. The Clovis Culture. I am Clovis. Some of you are I am Clovis. Some of you are... Clovis Academy and everything in between, right? Is there something in between? Clovis Kids is thrown in there. What's up, Kathy? What's up, Stevie? Yo. Dope entrance, Stevie. You nailed it. Nicely done. <laughs> so, this is Ask Me Anything. Mike, what's up, man? This is um, Ask Me Anything. I think it's number 71, I'm pretty sure. So, a couple quick questions I'm just going to bang out off the, off the bat here. Um, and then get into the, the heavier stuff. Because one question is, is quite technical. Um, so... I'm trying to figure out exactly how I'm gonna piece together the technical and the non-technical of this one, of this one question because it's really not you know I'm not gonna whiteboard it or anything like that. But we're gonna get into hormones and we're gonna get into body fat storage. We're gonna talk about coffee. We're gonna talk about yeast. What? And we're gonna talk about mindset and the vagus nerve. So we got some cool questions coming up. I got. Got them written down here. I'll read them to you as they were asked to me. Thank you for submitting questions. That's at ama.iamclovis.com. You can go to ama.iamclovis.com at any anytime. Submit questions. It's there 24 hours a day. So if you think of something on a random Thursday or you say, I wish I would have asked them that last night, just go to ama.iamclovis.com on a Thursday morning, Thursday night, whenever, Friday. Fill it out, send it in, and I'll try to uh, do it for the next episode. So I do keep these all in an Evernote folder, and then I... Go ahead and jump on them when the time comes, all right? What's up, Travis? How you doing, man? All right, so the first one is a little tricky because I want to make a video about this. Uh, I've been asked this a lot lately. There's a lot of confusion about, around coffee. Is coffee healthy? Is coffee not healthy? Is coffee this? Is coffee that? And you could cite studies and argue both ways until the freaking cows come home, right? But it all depends on the quality of the coffee. So... The question that I have here is, hi, Justin, please enlighten us on how to brew the perfect cup of coffee. Thanks. Now, I'm going to make a video of this eventually and put it in the I Am Clovis members section. I'm going to do a lot. The I Am Clovis members section is going to get a lot of videos. I'm going to do basically my whole morning routine. I have a morning yoga routine that I'm going to walk everybody through. I'll teach you how to brew the cup of, perfect cup of coffee. I'll walk you through morning pages and journaling and how that works. I'll show you my day planner. All that stuff is going to be recorded and put up into um, the I Am Clovis member site. But it actually makes – I just have to take a day where I basically repeat my morning routine uh, in the afternoon or something and, and film it all for you guys and let you know. But that's going to go up inside the I Am Clovis members section so you guys can see exactly how all that stuff goes down. I'll probably do the same for a nighttime routine at some point. Um, but yeah, part of that is brewing the perfect cup of coffee, which has taken me years to figure out, ladies and gentlemen. I've traveled to the ends of the earth to figure out how to make delicious coffee. <laughs> no, not really. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is the way that I make coffee. But the issue is normally when people ask me about coffee, they're like, yeah, I do a Keurig every morning. And I'm like, what? What did you say? Stop drinking melted plastic in your coffee cup. That's not coffee. Stop drinking moldy ground coffee beans that are a year old and drinking it through toxic plastic with hot water. Don't do that. That's crazy. Don't buy Folgers ground coffee. Don't buy grocery store coffee for the most part, right? You need to know the roast date of that coffee. I've gone through I've gone at length on the quality of coffee. But I'll try to walk you through the perfect cup of coffee real quick here. So for the perfect cup of coffee, you need a few things. You need a French press. 
you need a burr grinder. You can get a burr grinder, a hand grinder. I used to have a hand grinder. I'd grind my coffee beans by hand. Then I got lazy and bought an expensive ass electric burr grinder. And it was amazing. I'm so glad I bought it. And you need an electric kettle that you can set the temperature of your water. You need very high quality coffee beans. I recommend single origin whole bean coffee beans. Um, you need an airtight container to store those beans in and a high quality food scale. So when you brew coffee, you want to grind the beans that instant. Grind them and then brew the coffee. Don't pre-grind them right, and let them sit for days or anything. You want to pre-grind them. And the calculation is basically I weigh out coffee grounds and I weigh out water. So I use an um, OXO food scale that gives me grams and I weigh out the grams of coffee. Then you take the grams of coffee, divide it by two, and multiply that number by 28. That is the number of grams of water that you need. So for instance, if I have 25 grams of coffee, I divide that by two, multiply it by 28, I need 350 grams of water, right? Now my water is set to an exact temperature of 190 degrees. So then I put, I tear, hit, use the tear feature to get the scale back to zero, and I pour the 190 degree water over the coffee grounds. And I get 350 grams of water, and I let it just sit like that for about 30 seconds. Then I just do one little spoon stir, and then I cover the French press with the lid of the French press. And I let it go about another two and a half minutes. So right around the three minute point, I'm pushing the French press and I'm pouring. Now, this can really be anywhere between two minutes to four minutes. That's based on your preference, preference, right? How cooked do you want the coffee? It will taste more cooked or less cooked, you know, depending on how much time, like Starbucks coffee always tastes really burnt, you know? So it depends on what you want to do, but sometime between two and four minutes, and then that's basically the perfect cup of coffee. So I'll brew it around, right around two minutes and 30 seconds, and then I'll plunge the French press and let it sit like another 30 seconds, and then I pour it out, and I have the perfect cup of coffee. In my opinion, that's the perfect cup of coffee. That's how you do it. There we go. One question down. This is an easy AMA, everybody. Crazy. Excellent. I'm drinking organic cold brew coffee. I'm going to need some friends to try and ship it to. I'll try it if you don't put anything except coffee in it. <laughs> Pregnant. Oh, how I miss coffee. Uh, that's debatable, right? Um, I don't have a huge problem with it if it's high-quality coffee. I really don't. I don't for breastfeeding either. Um... But again, it's, it's, this is based on the individual. Some people swear that when they drink coffee and they're breastfeeding, their kid goes crazy and cries. And yeah, like you might want to be, you might want to not want to drink six cups of coffee, or you might only want to have, you know, a cup of coffee very first thing in the morning, you might not want to have coffee at 3 p.m., 4 p.m. while breastfeeding baby, mess with the baby's sleep and all that stuff, right? Or uh, pregnancy, depends on who you ask really, but, um, and I guess it depends on, you know, how far along you are. There's a lot of things there. But again, if it's like Keurig or you're stopping and getting Dunkin' Donuts coffee or Starbucks or Pilot gas station coffee, you definitely don't want to do that, right? Water is one gram per milliliter. Correct. Yes, that is true. Um, what else we got here? Personal preference. Yeah, gave it up. Cool. Yeah, that's totally cool. Um, I also, I often do that, actually. I will try to just not drink coffee just to make sure that I'm not like a full-blown coffee addict. Um, and I did this last week and I was like, oh shit, I kind of I kind of lean on coffee a lot. I really do. And I get really high quality coffee and that's, I just told you how I brew it. So, um, you know, I, I basically make it as healthy as humanly possible. And I still was like, man, I feel off today. Like, yeah, I, I did a, <laughs> I forgot, I did a live video and I completely forgot the words of the Clovis Manifesto and I was like, damn. And that was like the first day that I cut out coffee. 
And I, I was like, man, this is not, this might not be cool. I might not need to lean on coffee this much, you know? So out of personal preference, I, I totally get that. Like totally. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's the same way I tell people, I'm like, hey, even if you don't think you have a drinking problem, you need to give up alcohol for 30 days. And people are like, I, I tried and I just can't do it. And I'm like, then you have a drinking problem. Sorry. You have a drinking problem or you have a social problem or you have a friend's problem or something like just give it up. Right. So yeah, I'm, I'm anyway, I'm ranting now, but Stevie, I'm with you. Yeah. If you want to give it up totally, that that's, that's cool. Um, I support your decision, madam. All right. So this next one, uh, I have really no business talking about, but I do understand what is probably happening. So I want to shed some light on it. Um, I'm just going to read the question, right? I seem to have this never ending yeast infection and medications will work. And then it's back within a week. The doctors say that it has to be some kind of food that I'm eating. Any clue on what that might be? Yeah, probably sugar. <laughs> if I had to guess, either sugar or some plant food or some kind of carbohydrate, right? Um, now, again, this is super tough for me to answer if you think about it because I have zero context here. Particularly when I do these Ask Me Anythings, like anyone go to ama.iamclovis.com and ask me questions. It can be a Clovis Academy member or it might be somebody with a custom nutrition plan, but it might not be. So like the person could be Clovis, but that's highly doubtful if they're having this type of symptom or if they maybe they might be brand new to Clovis, but if they've been Clovis for a length of time, this shouldn't be happening. Um, or the person could be drinking 12 Pepsis a day. I have no idea in this case, right? So understand I'm going off very little information, but generally speaking, if you have a recurring yeast infection, there is some type of bacterial overgrowth in the gut, okay? So it's probably candida. If I had to guess, if it's a recurring yeast infection, you're probably dealing with candida. Now, the good news is that's quite difficult. I mean, it's not difficult. It's quite easy to get rid of, right? And you can just do it through lifestyle intervention. Clovis is a great way. I would probably put you on something like my Clovis low FODMAP diet, which I do have. Anybody who's dealing with bacterial overgrowth or anything like that, you need to contact me for a different approved foods list with your custom nutrition plan. You need to tell me about this stuff. This is why I collect so much data from you when I make custom nutrition plans, right? So you probably have candida. Maybe you have SIBO. It's some kind of bacterial problem in the gut, but you can test for that very easily. I think for candida, there's even do-it-yourself test kits and stuff, but you should probably tell your doctor. Ask your doctor about it. They'll probably want to run a blood test where they test for antibodies for candida, and they can determine like for sure if you have um, candida. But my guess would be that you have candida. And when it comes to unwanted bacteria, any kind of unwanted bacterial overgrowth, it's a sugar problem. It's a sugar carbohydrate problem. These carbohydrates are fermenting in the system. They're feeding bacteria that you don't want to be there. It's really just, this is standard American diet stuff, really. You know, just that should not be happening if you're on any kind of well-controlled nutrition protocol. It just shouldn't be happening unless you were to have some kind of really poor response to a particular food, but that would be a lot trickier to diagnose than to just remove all of the potentially problematic foods and handle the problem once and for all. That's what I would do. That's why I would give you something like the Clovis Low FODMAP diet. And when it comes to candida and SIBO, I mean, this is, I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice, but if we were to say hypothetically that there was a protocol that could maybe potentially, I don't know, like reverse these things in people, like, yeah, I probably know what that protocol is. I'll just leave it at that, right? That's not medical advice. I'm just going to say it that way. But uh, this can usually be handled, okay? So uh, whoever's out there in, in internet world that's dealing with this recurring yeast infection, probably candida overgrowth, some kind of bacterial thing is at play inside of your gut that is manifesting itself as this yeast infection. So you can totally take care of that. No big deal.
Should be pretty easy, right? What else we got here, everybody? Damn, Justin's getting too complicated to drink coffee. I know, Bimbo, I'm telling you. We human beings have destroyed the entire planet, okay? Let's keep that in mind. It's terrible. Keurig, Keurig machines are festering little mold deposits. Open up your Keurig one day and just look at it if you haven't cleaned that thing out in a year. You know, Ugh, craziness. What else we got here? What brand do you get, Justin? Yeah, I've talked about this a lot. I use uh, counterculturecoffee.com. Counterculturecoffee.com and filter their search results to single origin. Um, the organic thing, dude, it's marketing. It's it's just marketing, right? The, this USDA organic thing drives me crazy. It's like you're sourcing most of the beans you're ever going to get are coming from a country that is not the US of A. And you're like, it's USDA organic. What? <laughs> it's this is a US the USDA organic. Okay. It's very easy to just slap organic on labels and, and people don't think to check these things. It's also very easy to pay for a USDA organic label and just get it. Right? This is all a matter of money. So my recommendation is actually if you can get fair trade single origin coffee beans, I'm worried more about that than I am worried about the USDA organic in all honesty. And then you need to know the roast date on the coffee beans. But a company like Counterculture Coffee they're going to send you your coffee and you're going to look at the bag and the roast date is going to be the day before you got it. Literally, they roast it the day before and ship it straight to your house. It's amazing. Coffee is so much better than people think it is. Americans make horrific sugar. I can't stand it. Uh, horrific sugar. I'm reading comments at the same time. Americans usually make horrific coffee. It's terrible. Grocery store. The grocery store coffee that you see is probably six months old. You don't want to drink coffee that's more than four to six weeks after its roast date. And people are drinking coffee that's six months old regularly. And then people are like, oh, I removed coffee. I was feeling like crap. I removed coffee. Now I feel good. You were drinking toxic sludge. You weren't drinking coffee. right? You weren't drinking coffee. We Americans screw up everything with the food supply. It was coffee that was tampered with in a way it should have never been tampered with. And coffee got the blame. It's the same way someone's like, I gave up coffee and I felt better. I was like, yeah, what was your coffee? Well, peppermint mocha chocolate from Starbucks every day. Oh, the coffee was the problem? Wait, what? You know, it's crazy. Now, there are the carnivores of the world that are saying that there's problems with coffee, but I don't know. I got to see that data and see what that looks like. What else we got? I used to have an issue with yeast because of my partner. Damn, get a new partner. What the hell, man? <laughs> I got no solution for that. Except, hey, buddy, there's a the door. Take a shower, you dirty hippie. <laughs> what else we got? Oh, uh, cool, man. I tried it and I liked it. Nueva Elusta from Bolivia. Yeah, you tried counterculture coffee. That's awesome. Killer. What else we got? Standard process, yeast infections. Cool. But again, remember, um, that, Cassie, that's, a, a, that's treating symptoms. See what I mean? So we still have to get to the root cause. Yes. Now, granted, if you have the infection, you want to handle it and make those symptoms go away for sure. But she's already in the, like she was saying, she has medications that makes it go away and then it comes back, right? So you really got to handle those root causes for sure. All right. What else we got? Uh, well, okay. So Judy, uh, you mean the Bulletproof Coffee brand, I'm imagining, by with the beans. Um, sure. You can buy Bulletproof Coffee. Bulletproof Coffee is quite expensive. The shipping is fucking ridiculous. Um, that's my real problem with Bulletproof brand is they just crush you on shipping. Um, so it's very expensive and they talk about mycotoxins and all those things, but tons of coffee brands have been studied side by side and the mycotoxin levels are not that drastically different. 
Dave is a sharp guy. Bulletproof is a great brand and he is a damn good marketer. Okay. One of the best in the business. You got to understand that. So, um, again, my coffee recommendations are my coffee recommendations. I don't have a problem with you drinking Bulletproof brand. Not at all. Um, with those beans, but yeah, you know, sure. Good option. Good option. But, um, I still think, you know, fair trade, single, single origin, Coffee beans, counterculture coffee, craft uh, coffee is another one. There's they got these really good, really good subscription services that'll get you handled as well, and probably save yourself some money, Judy. Honestly, if I had to guess, we have to like take a look at shipping and handling and all these things and speed the the speed of shipping. I don't know. I, if anyone from Bulletproof is listening to this, you need a new distribution warehouse. You just simply do. There's no reason why Clovis's distribution should be astronomically better than yours. When you're a multi, multi, tens of millions of dollar company. That's my only real beef with them. It's really, really hard to order from them. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. They are they are retail, right? There you go. They're, they're in a lot of retail locations, which is cool. But again, still pricey for what it is. Keon Coffee is good too, but Keon Coffee is also pricey for what it is, right? Remember, guys, I'm a marketer, okay? There's a lot of marketers. I'm not, not going bad on these guys or anything. Their products are really, really good, but they are very pricey, very pricey, okay? Um, next question. This is an interesting one. How does your body decide where to store fat? Is visceral fat different by location or composition to other body fat? Okay, that's worded a little bit weird. Is visceral fat different by location or composition to other body fat? Okay, all right, got it. So body fat is always going to be regulated, I guess, the storage of body fat is controlled by hormones. And the number one hormone that is controlled by, as you guys know from all my previous work, is insulin. Insulin is the major storage hormone. This plays the biggest role in the storage of fat. Now, insulin obviously being the most notable hormone for the storage of fat, but where? So she's talking about this, like, I hate it in the fitness industry, we'll talk about this, like spot reduction bullshit, right? But where the fat is stored on the body is also dictated by hormones, but there's a number of other hormones at play, not just insulin, right? So if we talk about this insulin hypothesis of obesity, which I personally believe to be the the cause of obesity, honestly, it's debatable. People will argue about it till the cows come home. Um, but let's start with the basics of fat loss. It's just insulin resistance, right? Insulin resistance is the major player in what I'm calling out of control fat storage. So if we think about, I'm, gonna, I'm using the word out of control fat storage because I know there's bodybuilders out there that use high carb diets and blah, 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 and they swear that insulin is not evil and insulin is required to build muscle and blah, 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 blah. Okay, you're 20 years old, you're 9% body fat and you have a six pack. Shut up about your insulin. I get it, go away. We're talking about overweight and obese people with metabolic dysfunction. That's what we're talking about right now, okay? So in this case with metabolic dysfunction, you are dealing with insulin resistance. That's it, okay? So what's happening is you have this insulin resistance, and as a result, the cells themselves become insulin resistant. So the receptors for insulin are not working correctly. They're malfunctioning, right? So it now requires more insulin receptors, more insulin, to shove the same amount of glucose into the cell that it used to get right? So insulin levels just keep going up and up and up. But the in the interesting thing about this is that insulin resistance is actually kind of compartmentalized. So 
it's different in different areas of the body. So if we were to say like you have hepatic insulin resistance or you have skeletal muscle insulin resistance, like, okay, so hepatic insulin resistance being insulin resistance of the liver, right? So you can have insulin resistance in the liver, but not necessarily have insulin resistance in your skeletal muscles, right? Or you could have insulin resistance in the skeletal muscles and not necessarily have hepatic insulin resistance. Odds are you probably would have both, right? But you can also kind of treat these things differently. Like you can treat hepatic insulin resistance through something like fasting, or you could increase insulin sensitivity in skeletal muscle cells using something like resistance training, but that wouldn't necessarily increase insulin sensitivity, I mean, ins increase insulin sensitivity, right? But resistance training to increase insulin sensitivity in muscle cells isn't necessarily going to increase insulin sensitivity in liver cells. You see what I mean? So it's kind of compartmentalized. So you, let's say you have hepatic insulin resistance. It doesn't mean you have skeletal muscle insulin resistance or any issues with brain cells per se, right? So the more insulin resistance you have in these different compartments, even though it's compartmentalized, obviously if any part of the body is insulin resistant, then overall insulin levels are going to go up. So the more of these compartmentalized areas that have this insulin resistance, the higher overall insulin levels are going to be. Now again, we're talking about like, people don't like the term, but if you were to use the term morbidly obese, if we're talking about somebody who's morbidly, <laughs> this is terrible. If we're talking about somebody who's morbidly obese, <laughs> I'm sorry, my brother called me like two hours ago. He's at um, Dollywood, which uh, I think he's at Dollywood. He's at an amusement park and he called me to tell me about the astronomical number of people that are on the scooters to get around the amusement park because they're too large to walk around the amusement park and they're like, you know, drinking big giant sodas and they're eating fried chicken and eating, you know, um, fried dough and stuff like that. So anyway, it just brought it to mind when I said morbid, morbidly obese. But if you have somebody who's morbidly obese, who's that size, who's riding in a scooter, they're disabled because of their own obesity. This is somebody that's likely been dealing with insulin resistance in all of these different compartments for many, many years, right? So their insulin levels are just through the roof, period. And this is why fasting insulin is such an important measure that you guys really need to know what your fasting insulin levels are. Because if your insulin levels are that high all the time, even your fasting insulin levels are gonna be through the roof. They're just gonna be through the roof. And I, I talk about this in the Perfect Fasting Protocol. I think I talk about it in the Fasting AMA. But you're either in a, in a, in a, in a fed state or a fasted state. And that's either storage or burning, right? So what's happening is insulin controls that. When insulin levels are high, your body's in a storage state. When insulin levels are really low, your body can actually burn its own body fat and things like this. But the insulin levels are just high all the time, even when fasted, the more insulin resistance you have in the body. So that means this nonstop, constantly high insulin level is causing all sorts of problems because this high insulin level is also going to reach the brain. The brain is where the hypothalamus is located, which is basically the, the mothership of all hormones. Your hunger hormones, they send, they send signals to the adrenals, they send signals everywhere, right? And this actually determines your body weight set point so you have this high insulin level that's going to impact the brain, impact the hypothalamus, and you're just, the obesity is going to be a huge problem. The body's basically stuck in storage mode at that point. So if you thought about it like, uh, um, I don't know if you can see one in the frame here, but if, if there was a light switch, right? If you think about it like a light switch and fat storage had an on-off switch, then this insulin resistance just keeps the switch stuck in the on position all of the time. So these are basically the basics of fat storage, okay? So... Insulin is 
the number one regulator of fat storage, let's say, and it's a hormone. But this is where the rest of the question comes into play. How does the body determine where the fat is going to be stored? And this gets a little more complicated. And I can't tell you flat out. I can't say you're going to store fat in your belly. You're going to store fat in your legs. You're going to store fat in your back. You're going to have back rolls or whatever, right? Now, the body eventually just starts run, running out of places. And that's where you see people that are so big, they're like spilling over their clothes and things like that. It's literally running out of places to put the fat. But the metabolic dysfunction is so far gone that it just keeps storing and storing. You can basically put endless glucose into fat cells, right? But... Now, we have some clues on some of this stuff. Like, for instance, abdominal fat is very closely correlated to cortisol levels. So there's this super strong correlation that if you're super stressed out or you're overtraining and you're constantly spiking cortisol levels, that you're probably going to get more abdominal fat. And cortisol also raises insulin. We know that for a fact that cortisol raises insulin levels. So you have this vicious cycle of cortisol spiking insulin levels, high insulin levels leading to fat storage and high cortisol levels being correlated with abdominal fat storage, right? So these vicious cycles happen all over the human body and all these pieces kind of fit together to determine what would be considered like the big picture of fat storage. But here's where it gets really interesting. All of your cells have receptors, like we talked about in insulin resistance. The receptors are not working properly. So think of the receptor, the key fits into the lock that is the receptor and lets glucose in. If those receptors are malfunctioning, not enough glucose can get in, the lock doesn't really fit with the key perfectly. Now all cells have these receptors. And we have adipose tissue, which is just stored body fat. Your body fat is considered adipose tissue. So adipose tissue is no exception to this receptor thing. It's, they, they have actual receptors, right? But based on the different location, these different tissues will have different receptors for different hormones. And this is where the body starts to decide where fat storage is going to take place. So step one, it has to be in that storage state of really high insulin levels, high insulin resistance, but then the other hormones come into play. So if I give you an example, like the cells, the, the visceral fat cells in your abdomen, we're gonna talk about men first. So the visceral cells in your abdomen, they have these androgen receptors that respond very heavily to like these sex steroids. So these androgens are basically the class of sex steroids that include testosterone, right? So men have naturally higher testosterone levels. So now you have these, this particular type of adipose tissue responding to this particular hormone, let's say testosterone, and the body is already in this insulin-heavy fat storage mode. So all of a sudden, these men will start to store more body fat in their abdomen. And this is where you get the old men with the big giant beach ball belly. And you know, you can slap the beach ball belly and it's super hard, right? The reason for that is the visceral fat. Visceral fat is the fat that surrounds your organs. It's underneath the muscle. So this is why that big beer belly if you were to slap an old man's belly, right? Don't go run around slapping old man's bellies. But if you were to slap it or touch it, you're not touching fat, you're touching the abdominal muscles. And the abdominal muscles are being pushed forward by all this visceral fat that's surrounding their organs. Their organs are suffering tremendously. This is why visceral fat is extremely dangerous. So ladies out there, if you have a husband with a big fat beer belly with all this visceral fat, you've gotta to talk to him because um, I actually had this happen once where a guy asked me about this in jiu-jitsu. He was really struggling. But a lot of these guys will complain that like they sit down in a chair and they lean down to tie their shoes and they get tremendously out of breath, right? They sit in a chair, bend down to tie their shoes, 
They stand up and they're out of breath or they'll get lightheaded when they stand up and feel like they're going to pass out. Some men will have heart attacks in that position. The same thing goes for like Elvis Presley stories of having a heart attack sitting on the toilet. People joke like, ah, it must have been one hell of a poop to have a heart attack sitting on the toilet. No, what's happened is they sit down and the visceral fat literally compresses their organs. It's not because of straining, as people like to make jokes about it, I think it's funny, whatever, but it's not because of straining. It's because you sit down and that visceral fat literally compacts all of your organs, including your heart. Your heart's having a hard time beating because it's surrounded by fat. And that big beer belly, when you sit down in a chair, reach down to tie your shoes or something, all your organs go and get squeezed together, and all of a sudden you feel like you're going to pass out, or you might have a damn heart attack tying your shoes, man. That's crazy, right? This is all run by hormones. Now, if we get to women, it's completely different. It's the same basic concept of these different adipose tissue cells having different receptors, but subcutaneous fat, okay? So if we look at, like, if we were to do a pinch test, if you could pinch fat, right? Let's say this fat that you'd pinch, like, on top of a muscle, that is called subcutaneous fat. So if you reach down right now, if you're sitting down and you pinch that fat on your belly, that's subcutaneous fat. That's on top of the muscle, right? But subcutaneous fat, this fat on top of the muscles, has more estrogen receptors. Women have more estrogen in their system. But not just that, subcutaneous fat produces estrogen. The same way that fat cells can produce leptin, fat cells can also produce estrogen. Fat cells are technically part of the endocrine system because they produce hormones, right? So you have this subcutaneous fat that's producing more energy, more, more estrogen, and the subcutaneous fat also has receptors for estrogen. Boom, we have another vicious cycle of hormones, right? But in the female body, the storage, when, when you get in that storage mode, so you already have the insulin storage mode, they're going to start to store fat in places like the backs of their arms and their butt and their thighs and their hips, anywhere where subcutaneous fat can comfortably sit on top of skeletal muscle. This is why women are always super upset about waving at their friends and they got flabby arms and they got big thighs. And when you touch a woman's fat, it's very smushy. Women are very smushy when they're fat. It's just the way that it is because you're touching fat, not muscle. Like in the case of the man where he has visceral fat and you touch his belly, you're touching the abdominal wall. You're touching ab muscles, right? There might be a little bit of subcutaneous fat on top of that muscle, but that's why their bellies are so hard because it's underneath the muscle. So visceral fat versus subcutaneous fat. You women, you guys get this subcutaneous fat, and that's how the body decides. But long story short, this is all simply hormonal imbalance. And this is why I get insanely upset when I see these bullshit articles, like six moves to zap arm fat in 10 minutes a day. Like they, they call it spot reduction. Spot reduction is complete nonsense. It's complete nonsense, ladies and gentlemen. It just is. You have to lower body fat as a whole. You have to lower body fat percentages. And this takes time. That's the issue is women get astronomically distracted by the fact that they have flabby arms. So they're like, I have flabby arms. Justin, I bought a custom nutrition plan. My goal is these flabby arms. And I give them their whole custom nutrition plan. They're like, you didn't even address my flabby arms. How am I supposed to give her these flabby arms, Justin? What workouts do I do for my flabby arms? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, it does not work this way. We need to deal with the metabolic dysfunction. We need to handle the insulin resistance and the constant storing of energy. And then we need to move on to dealing with the hormonal imbalances. You can go watch my episode, Hormones Finding the Balance. That's a great place to start, right? But the, the, the whole story is just Clovis. 
you need to eat a proper diet and you need to do it for a long time until we even out those hormones. This goes for men too. Men are constantly asking me, how do I increase testosterone? How do I, I had a question today, how do you increase HGH? You eat right, that's it. You eat right and you lift heavy shit for men if they wanna increase testosterone. Now, quick little trick, everybody, and all the women are gonna hate me for this, but if you're a male, the single fastest way to get a spike in testosterone is to find a new sexual partner. Science is science, everybody. Really sorry. When we get a new sexual partner, our testosterone goes through the damn roof, right? And there are little tricks like you can eat a bunch of whole eggs and eat a ribeye steak and a handful of almonds or something the night before you have a date the next day and your testosterone levels will go up. Yeah, for sure. But this is all consistency. This has to be about consistency, period. That's it. Consistency. You need a very good diet consistently and the answer to this is Clovis. In my opinion, it is not keto because there is not enough protein and micronutrients there. My macronutrient ratios are the best in the biz, everybody, period. I used to feel weird saying that, now I don't. I have the success record, right? It's just, you just need to be Clovis for a long time. That's all there is to it, right? Oh yeah, Travis, we're about to get into this deep talking about meditation. Um, don't go running around slapping old men's bellies. <laughs> That's amazing. Needs to be on a t-shirt. We got a new t-shirt. Awesome. The second part, super scary. Yeah, all of this is super scary. I mean, literally, there are, I, I guarantee you, if you were to look up the number of men who have heart attacks sitting in a chair, it's probably astronomically high. Visceral fat is horrific. You need to get rid of visceral fat yesterday if you have it. If you have a beach ball belly, this is my favorite, right? I will meet ex-college athletes. What I mean by that is I'm talking to a 55-year-old man who's like, I know what I'm doing. I used to lift weights in college. I don't need you to tell me nothing, Mr. Clovis man. And their belly sticks out a full foot past their waist. They have not seen their penis in 18 years, right? And they're like, I'm good. Look, I still have pecs. I still have biceps. My shoulders look good. Oh, look. Yeah, that belly is going to kill you. That belly's gonna kill you, dumbass. Please stop with your ego for like 15 seconds so I can save you from having a heart attack on the toilet so your kids don't have to find you like that, you schmuck. This is serious shit, everybody, you know? If your man sits down, ties his shoes, and then says, oh, I just got dizzy, or oh, I feel a little out of breath, what just happened, something weird just happened, you need to get that man to me immediately, and I need to have a serious talk with him, and if we need to do a video FaceTime, face-to-face, so we can have a talk about it, then we will. We need to, the, the, the ego, the ego that I see in men has got to stop. It's one of, the, one of the best things that I say to people, I'm like, if I have a man who's just overweight and has a crazy ego about his life, I've I'll convince him, I'll snatch his cell phone out of his hands and make him chase me for 90 seconds. Then when he's laying on the ground, I'll say, are you ready for advice now, big guy? <laughs> How come you can't breathe? What's wrong? Are you okay? Do I need to call an ambulance? Because you just ran for 90 seconds? Ugh. Anyway, I'm getting worked up. There's some ego out there, everybody. What else we got? Dutch test is a great way to check your hormone levels. Yes, so Dutch test has pros and cons. Blood tests have pros and cons. All these things depends. Uh, this is why I always recommend that you stick to a functional medicine doctor and go the route that they tell you to because it also depends on who's going to interpret this data for you. And that's the biggest thing. It's not about not so much about testing. It's who's going to inter- interpret the data for you because every single one of you out there could go to SpectraCell and do a hormone panel right now and then you're going to go, all right, cool. I have no idea what these numbers mean at all. 
right? So it's not really so much which test you do, but it's very important that you have somebody who knows what they're doing and can put you in the right direction um, to improve those numbers, you know? More t-shirts or hat ideas. The answer is always Clovis or Body by Clovis. Nice, I like it. Ribeye steak smothered in grass-fed butter and salt for a date night. Yes, 100%. That's, that's completely accurate. Yeah, it sounds funny. Totally true. I'm telling you, man. Uh, all right, so another thing. Um, this one, yeah, this is the last one I'm going to do because I got a couple like smaller questions, but this, this one's really cool, and I really want to get into it. And I want to get into it because I just got all heated about men and their egos and their big beach ball bellies, right? And nothing, another thing that grinds my gears, everybody, is this term too skinny that people throw around. Because I don't think that they have any idea what they're actually saying, right? It's like I have men that have been 230 pounds and I get them to 195 and their wife is like, he's too skinny. And I'm like, no, he's still obese, actually. <laughs> he's five foot nine. What are you talking about? This too skinny thing, right? It's like people get such drastic results that they think something bad is happening. And I'm like, no, 85% of the population is overweight and obese. You are just very used to seeing average people as fat. That's it. You're used to average people being sick. Every single one of you in this Facebook Live right now is used to walking around day to day and staring at 85% fat, sick, and nearly dead people. How can you expect to know what is healthy and what is not healthy? We live in a sick and dying population. This, this idea, you, you're losing too much weight. Oh my God, you need to eat some food. You're losing too much weight. Nah, trust me. You could fast for six months, bitch. You'll be fine. <laughs> it's just like, it's crazy. What are we doing? You know? But it's just this comparison of comparing yourself to a sixth population constantly. I actually have a new article coming out that I wrote about this. Like, stop comparing yourself to sick people. And that's a pretty good answer for getting healthy, right? Don't compare yourself to sick people. So, um... All right, let's jump into this, jump into this last one. We're going to move a little bit away. Um, so the reason why I am going into this question here is because of this cortisol level. Cortisol is, is a big part of the equation here. Constant cortisol spikes, constantly high elevated cortisol levels cause a whole lot of problems. So let's talk about this. I'm going to read you this question. This is a really cool question, right? It says, Justin, I love, love, love how you mentioned gut feeling in your last podcast. Whose happiness are you chasing? I see so much value in your willingness to go woo, and I see great importance in linking woo with science, which is why I would love to hear you talk about the vagus nerve and its role in connecting the mind and gut and how it plays a vital role in health. A big topic, I know, but it's one I think you have a lot of experience in, and it can help people understand why it's important to patiently breathe through the big changes they ask their bodies and minds to go through when they sign up with you. It is a big cosmic shift and awareness of the vagus nerve's role in it could serve to help people navigate that first 30 days in particular. I know I did a lot of deep breathing and sitting with emotional and physical changes in those 30 days, which kept me doing the work and not emailing you a gazillion questions that I mostly could work through on my own with the guidance of the Clovis program and podcasts. So basically this topic is a win-win for everyone. She's right. This is a win-win for everyone. I really, really like this question. We really, really need to dig into this. Okay. So it's an interesting question to dive into, and I want to get your questions here as well. So if we go over a little bit, it's no big deal. But the vagus nerve isn't really talked about all that much because everyone is so myop everyone is so myopically focused on fat loss. What goes in my body? What's the weight on the scale? What are my inches lost? What is this? What is that? Guess what you're doing? You're spiking your cortisol, everybody. 
When you get obsessed with 30-day results, 21-day results, weighing yourself every day, you got a cortisol issue. You are spiking cortisol. You're stressing yourself out. You don't need to be doing it. This obsessive compulsive bullshit is super, super stressful. So we need to talk about this. The vagus nerve is critically important. It attaches, it, it basically attaches to every single organ in the human body. Every single important one you could think of, most namely, namely the ones that are, you know, associated with metabolic health. So this is tied to your esophagus and your liver and your spleen and your pancreas and your lungs, your small intestines. The, the gut is so important with this vagus nerve connection, right? It's connected to everything. And what's happening is when we stimulate the vagus nerve, what we're actually stimulating is called the parasympathetic nervous system. And I've talked about this in other episodes. I think I talked about this in um, the fitness for fat loss episode because I talked about heart rate variability, which is a really good way to measure parasympathetic versus sympathetic nervous system activity. Okay, so the parasympathetic nervous system is also called the rest and digest, whereas you've probably heard sympathetic nervous system is considered like fight or flight. So if your sympathetic nervous system is freaking out, then you're in fight or flight mode. If the parasympathetic nervous system is really active, then you're in rest and digest mode. And this is actually where my digest and rest paleo powder came from. Like it's a play on this term. I named that paleo powder digest and rest because of that specific term, rest and digest, parasympathetic nervous system, right? So you have fight or flight and you have rest and digest, sympathetic versus parasympathetic nervous system. But if you're in sympathetic nervous system, if that's spiked, that's when you're spiking cortisol like crazy. And we just discussed that in an earlier question. That's not a good thing. You're spiking cortisol, you're spiking insulin levels, you're promoting fat storage. It's not good. The parasympathetic nervous system, on the other hand, tells the body that there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to fear. There's no imminent damage. I mean, no imminent, um, what's the word I'm looking for? No imminent danger, right? So it tells the body to chill out, relax. You can focus on digestion. You can focus on other things. Like, as we know, if you're getting chased by a lion or something, you go sprinting down the road, then glycogen is going to get dumped from your muscles. Adrenaline goes through the roof. Cortisol goes through the roof. You probably start breathing through your mouth. And blood flow is actually pulled away from the vital organs and pushed into your muscle cells so that you can run faster and do all these things. So you literally lose blood flow. That's what happens when you're in sympathetic, that fight or flight mode. You need to focus on the parts of your body that are going to keep you alive. If someone's attacking you on the street or a dog's chasing you or something, you need that, right? Now, heart rate variability is a good way to get a get an understanding of like where, I can put this in the show notes, it'll be a little easier, but something like the Polar H10 heart rate monitor that I recommend and then the Elite HRV app, you can test your HRV every single morning. So if you're waking up and your HRV every day is like, you're, you're, it gives you a scale of one to 10. If it's like you're a 10 in sympathetic nervous system every morning when you wake up, you really need to work on this. You really need to work on the vagus nerve activation. But before we go there, and I'll, I'll teach you how to work on that, but we got to talk about mindset, right? Because I feel like it gets, it still gets skipped over by the majority of people in Clovis because again, myopically focused on fat loss and the number on the scale and the inches lost and the before and after pictures and oh my God, did I weigh my chicken properly? I had an extra gram of chicken today, right? You're stressing yourself out. That's crazy. So this is why I keep doing recent podcasts like who's happy are you chasing? Whose dreams are you chasing? I did that podcast, Self Growth is Painful, which I think is super important. Everybody should listen to Self Growth is Painful in the Clovis Culture Podcast. Go check it out. 
And um, I talked about finances recently. Finances ruin people's lives because they're so stressed out all the time. And they don't realize that if they can get out of this scarcity mindset of save, save, save and focus on earning instead, they can literally change their whole life and remove stress. I talk about my meditation. I talk about my meditation practice each and every day. I talk about my morning pages where I journal stream of consciousness each and every day. I talk about my infrared sauna each and every day. I talk about my day planner. I talk about my daily yoga practice, five minutes of yoga every day when I first wake up. I'm gonna give you a video of that to the members. I talk about breathing exercises, the ones I've done from a breath work that I'll teach you tonight here in a couple minutes or something more extreme like a Wim Hof. I practice that every morning for a very long time. I don't currently do that, but I did for a very long time. And even the extreme breath work like holotropic breathing or the rebirthing breath work like I did in Thailand or my favorite is my ice cold shower every morning. There's a reason for all this stuff. So before we dig into vagus nerve activation, I just want this next statement to be super, super clear. If I did not do these things every day, Clovis as you know it would not exist. Understand that. If I didn't do these things every day, Clovis as you know it would not exist. I want to be super clear about that. In my life as a 32-year-old man, I simply, I, I do not have days where I get up out of bed and I go, eh, just not feeling it today. I think I'll binge Netflix until the sun goes down. That doesn't happen in my world, period. This is not because I'm special. It's not because I'm better than anybody or I'm healthier or whatever. It's because I choose, I make the decision, I dedicate far more time than the average person does to self-care. I dedicate a tremendous amount of time to self-care. And I know every single person watching this right now is saying, lucky you. And they're saying, I don't have the time. I have different responsibilities. I have this. I have that. I don't care. Put your oxygen mask on first. If you only get five minutes a day of self-care, take the five minutes. If you get 11 and a half minutes of self-care every day, take the 11 and a half minutes. If you get two hours of self-care every day, take the two hours. So years ago, when I was a full-time musician, playing gigs till three o'clock in the morning and all that, I was drinking heavy, blah, 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 blah. I had those Netflix binge days all the time, literally. Me and my roommates would wake up super hungover and just order Chinese food and watch fucking Family Guy for six hours and just lay there on a couch like a turd. I can't even think about it now because it upsets me so much when I think about the time lost because I didn't know any better. And I was still doing beach body programming, right? Like, yeah, we'd order Chinese food, but I'm like, I'll do a two-hour beach body workout later and puke and that'll make me feel better, right? And like, no, I, I, I think of all the time I lost, the books I could have read, the companies I could have started, the extra income I could have earned, the songs I could have written, the radio stations I could have called to ask if they would play my latest track, blah, 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 blah. I can't even think about all that lost time. It's horrific to think about. All because I was in sympathetic fight or flight mode all the time. So let's get back to how you avoid that and how to activate the, the, the vagus nerve. So the important thing to remember is, and this was actually pretty well put in the question, is the vagus nerve works both ways. The vagus nerve is basically a, neuro, a giant neurotransmitter, right? So it takes signals from the gut. The gut, as we know, like where most of the body's serotonin is created, the gut sends signals to the brain and tells the brain how to respond to the environment in the gut. So if you have a chaotic dysfunctional gut, it's going to send really nasty signals to the brain. And all of a sudden cortisol levels are gonna go through the roof, et cetera, et cetera. Like we talked about the hypothalamus is gonna be impacted by that. So the gut is communicating with the brain 
And then the brain is communicating with the rest of the body. And this is happening through these signals via the vagus nerve, right? The vagus nerve basically tells the body what it should be doing. So the gut dysfunction is going to tell your brain to freak out all the time. And this goes to something like autoimmune conditions. So basically 100% of people that have autoimmune conditions have vagus nerve dysfunction. Their vagus nerve is just not working properly. So the signaling is completely messed up, right? That's a big deal. Any kind of gut issues, leaky gut, autoimmune conditions, all these things, that's going to play a role. The vagus nerve is going to get really nasty signals sent to the brain. But when the vagus nerve is activated correctly, you can get it to send signals to the rest of the body to reduce stress, reduce cortisol levels, you know, let the metabolism know, hey, there's no lion chasing us, dude. There's no lion chasing us. You can chill out. But again, that's not happening much in today's society because of TV, in your face, 24 hour, 24 seven news cycle, social media, comments, emails, traffic, whatever, just this constant onslaught of information, the news of 7 billion people is at your fingertips tips 24 hours a day. That is not good, okay? The, the body constantly thinks there are imminent threats. So the sympathetic nervous system here in America today is just spiked in just about everybody. So the easiest way to activate it is probably through breath work. And without even realizing, I actually kind of became a master of this at a really young age because I went to Berkeley College of Music. I'm a professional singer. So I learned from some of the best vocal coaches in the world. I took one-on-one -on -one private lessons. Even when I left Berkeley, I ended up driving up there to continue to take private lessons for vocals. And I didn't know what the hell a parasympathetic nervous system, a parasympathetic, what? Parasympathetic nervous system. I, I just want to sing, dude, right? But I actually learned to breathe through my nose exclusively, to do diaphragmatic breathing, breathe through my diaphragm instead of breathing through my chest, right? Like I breathe through my nose 100% of the time, even when I'm boxing, and I breathe through the diaphragm. So I actually think it's tr a tremendous gift that I learned how to do this at a really young age, and you need to teach yourself to do that. It is imperative that you teach yourself how to do that. We, we live in a nation of mouth breathers. That sounds like a big... <laughs> mean thing to say, but we live in a nation of mouth breathers. It's actually a huge problem. Ask dentists, ask orthodontists, um, you know, ear, nose, and throat doctors. It's a huge problem with little kids. They breathe through their mouth. It's ridiculous. Watch your kid next time they're chewing food and go, <laughs> right? It's insanity. We have a nation of mouth breathers now. That's a real serious problem. The mouth is meant for food. The nose is meant for breathing. And if you want to take a deep dive on that, there's a really, uh, really good book called the, uh, uh, crap, the guy's name is Patrick, the, uh, what is it? The oxygen, I think it's the Oxygen Advantage. There's a book called the Oxygen Advantage. I can't remember the author's last name, but the Oxygen Advantage, type in Oxygen Advantage Patrick and I'm sure it'll pop up. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just all about this mouth breathing epidemic that we have. Same thing goes for like sleep apnea. You're breathing through your mouth. That's all there is to it, right? So this actually came at a good time because Autumn Smith from Paleo Valley and the Optimized Paleo Podcast, I think she just did a podcast about the vagus nerve because I saw a video. She, I'm in her Radiate and 28 group and um, she posted a video about activating the vagus nerve and I think she did a podcast with a doctor about it. Um, but the quick test that she does in this video, so thank you Autumn for this, it's super smart, um, to find out if you're breathing correctly is you have this, if you put your hand on your chest and you put your hand on your stomach and you just breathe normally, you need to see which hand is moving more. So if I breathe, now you can't see on the screen, but my stomach expands and my stomach contracts, my stomach expands. Now if I were a, a mouth breather, I'd probably go, you see that chest move? 
big chest move, if you're breathing more through your chest, through your mouth, or if you're breathing through your nose, it's really hard for me to even breathe through my nose and get my chest to move. It really should, and there's, there's actually tricks you can do with straws. If you breathe through a straw, you, if you hold a straw on your lips or two straws together is even better and breathe through that straw, your diaphragm will fill up because your mouth is really, your diaphragm will fill up so you can at least feel what that feels like. So breathing through a straw is a good little trick. Hold your nose, breathe through a straw and feel your belly fill up if you've never felt that. Um, that's a little trick for like singers and Pavel Sutzelin teaches that with kettlebells. It's really, really important to breathe through the diaphragm, right? Now, my favorite technique for breath work in terms of calming yourself down and really activating that vagus nerve is something called a deep, calm breath. So a deep, calm breath is now again through the nose. It's hard. I'm not going to be able to narrate it while I do it, right? But you breathe in for four seconds. So breathe in for four seconds at the top of that breath you're gonna to wanna to hold it for seven seconds. And then at the end of that seven seconds, you're gonna to wanna to breathe out for eight full seconds. So that you can do out of your mouth if you want the, if you want the breath out to be, to be your mouth, that's totally cool. But it's, it's, I mean, it's a long breath. And the idea is if you just blow your breath out, you're gonna run out of breath in three seconds, right? The longer the exhale, the more parasympathetic nervous system is activated. The longer the exhale, if you have that much time for an out breath, there's no lion chasing you and the, the body knows that, okay? So practice the four, seven, eight breath. That's actually really great to do before bed. It will help you sleep. I do that every single night before bed when I'm laying in bed, I do a four, seven, eight breath. Do that for six rounds. The other way for the vagus nerve is meditation, mindfulness. I got a brand new app that is wonderful, by the way. It's called Bright Mind. Um, shout out to Kim out in Norway who told me about this by a guy named Shenzhen Young. And uh, it's just amazing. I think I think it's my favorite meditation app I've ever found. And I was really hooked on Sam Harris's meditation app as well. That's good for different reasons. It's like super intellectual. Um, Bright Mind is very practical for day to day people. So the Bright Mind app, you can check that out. Um, even like singing in the car is great for this, or this the way people om like om in meditation, yoga, things like that, because the vagus nerve is also attached to the larynx and your vocal cords. So activating those vocal cords can really activate the vagus nerve as well. Now, the other one, which is my personal favorite, nobody wants to hear this, is cold showers. I mean, I've only been telling you for 71 AMAs now, but that's one of the biggest things about the cold shower is when you're under that cold water, the body forcing itself to adapt to the cold, when the cold water first hits you, the body thinks it's gonna die, thinks it's gonna freeze to death. That's why it's so miserable, right? But when the body adjusts to the cold, the sympathetic nervous system goes down, 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 because what happens is it'll spike for a second. Wow, oh, there's cold water, right? And then you stand there and you go, oh, I'm, I'm not dying, this is crazy, right? The sympathetic nervous system will go down, down, down. The parasympathetic nervous system activity goes through the roof. It's super calming, everybody. Ice cold showers are great for that. And if you want the best deep sleep cycles of your life, this is what I do every night. Now, I have an infrared sauna, yes, but skip the infrared sauna. Get in a hot shower, get in a really hot shower, and then turn the water to as cold as it will go and force yourself to do the four, seven, eight deep calm breath while that water is pouring down on you. While the ice cold water is pouring down on you, mind over matter, everybody. Force yourself to do that four, seven, eight deep calm breath do that for six rounds. You're going to stay under the water long enough to do it for six rounds. And then when you get in bed, you're going to have fantastic deep sleep cycles. It's it's beautiful, right? So I really, I really can't stress this enough for you guys with Clovis that really all of my work right now, all of my personal work is this self-growth stuff. 
That's what it is. Yes, I lift heavy ass weights. Yes, I eat Clovis. Yes, I sleep well, blah, 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 all these things, right? All that's down. That's, that's just run of the mill for me. That is 100% muscle memory or routine or whatever you want to call it. That stuff's easy. That's handle. So my work really is all of this stuff. The woo-woo, like she said, she called it woo. I love the woo-woo. I really do. This is why I go to Norway and do ayahuasca, right? It's I love the woo. It's awesome. It's wonderful. This is like what all of my work is. This is why I see a therapist. I do all of these things. This is what my work is. This is why I devote so much time to self-care because I was just like balls to the wall, sympathetic nervous system, rock star Justin for 15 years and damn near killed myself doing it, right? And again, I have this whole ecosystem of Clovis that I've built with all of you trying to manage this and all these things. Like my stress level should be through the roof. It's really not. It's really not. Sometimes I'm like, damn, there are not enough hours in the day, man. This is tough. This is super tough. I need like... 48 hours in a single day and maybe I could get some stuff done, but I'm not tearing my hair out. And like I said, I'm never crawling out of bed like, I don't want to do this today. Oh my God, I don't want to. You have to, have to, have to manage the self-care. This is absolutely inevitable. And again, if you're obese, you need to get the obese part down first. We need to cut the body weight off you. We need to get you to a healthier place. Yes, we need to do all of that. But at some point, whenever you can, whenever you can, you can dedicate some time to this self-growth stuff, listen to my podcast that I put out and everything, you absolutely need to do that. Because we have this giant problem in America. It's, it's ridiculous right now. Like, go to the grocery store. Go to the grocery store when there's a line. When the line takes 90 seconds to get through and everybody's pulling out their fucking cell phone to scroll Instagram when they're literally on a 90-second wait. This is insane, you guys. It's insane. You need to be able to, like she said in the, in, she said it great in the question. You need to be able to sit with yourself. You need to be able to analyze your behavior. When I put out these episodes like self-growth is painful or who's happy are you chasing or whose dreams are you chasing, don't just listen to that and then get on with your day. Get in a room by yourself with no cell phone, pen and paper, and think. Be alone with your thoughts. Oh my God, yes, it's super scary. Be alone with your thoughts, everybody. And figure out who's happy are you chasing. Then analyze your behavior. Well, if I really want happy X, but all of my behavior is pointing towards happy Y, I need to stop that behavior and do behavior that points me in the direction of happy X. If this sounds woo-woo to you, let me explain a statistic that is real right now in America. The higher your income level and the safer the neighborhood you live in, the more likely you are to kill yourself. That's a real statistic, ladies and gentlemen. I repeat, the higher your income level and the safer the neighborhood you live in, the more likely you are to kill yourself. So do not tell me that you do not have enough time to sit down and figure out what happy means to you because most people are chasing the quote-unquote American dream. How is the American dream working out? If the higher your income level and the safer the neighborhood you live in, the more likely you are to kill yourself. Really think about that, ladies and gentlemen. So I do these podcasts, like whose happiness are you chasing and all these things, and it's like cutesy and I'm trying to be nice about it. What I'm trying to do is tell the world, wake the fuck up, you numbed out zombies. You have no idea what you're doing, walking through life blindly. It makes me so sad, man. And it makes me sad because I did it. I did it for 10 years drank my face off, drank just so that I could handle the level of stupid conversations that go on at bars and nightclubs. 
oh, I got to be around those people again. I better do six shots of Jaeger and pound three Miller Lights so I can handle this day or this evening or this gig with bachelorettes smacking me in the head with their penis straws. Sorry, I got to be drunk for this, everybody. Numb. I was a numbed out zombie. I didn't know what the hell I wanted. I was like, really? Everyone's telling me I really want to be famous, and this is not awesome. Every gig, I'm like, this feels like it's getting worse every time. What the hell is this, you know? So you need to really think about that. This stuff is critical, everybody. So when I put these podcast episodes out and you listen to them, and you're like, hey, man, that episode was really great. Yeah, and I'm like, have you sat down in a room alone with a pen and paper yet? And you're like, no, actually, I haven't. That's a big deal, right? You got to practice this stuff. All right, let's see some comments because I'm ranting now. That was an epic rant, everybody. What do we got? Allison, I'm doing a biometric screening to check my cholesterol levels. In the first part of the report, I got said I was under average weight in all red like it was a bad thing. Yeah, exactly. And BMI is complete nonsense too. And that's what they're measuring you against. That's insanity. Yes, love this question. Clint, I had people tell me I was getting too skinny. We were sitting in a restaurant. I told them to look around. I was one of the slimmest people in there. I told them everyone else was just fat. 100%. Absolutely. Jeff, your powder is the best. Thanks for sharing your insights. Thank you very much, man. I appreciate it. I would die. I'm more of a pick things up and put things down person. I can't run for shit. <laughs> All right, I'm just going to scan some of these because some of these don't need to be answered or anything. Yeah, Shannon, as a homeschooling mom of eight and I can find time, then there's no excuse for you. <laughs> yeah. What else we got? Ah. Sorry, guys. There are a lot of comments. I'm just reading all these. Doing the OM thing during labor is super helpful. Yeah, absolutely. OM is, is helpful for a number of things. You have to be able to sit with yourself. Yes, 100%. Laura, can't like this enough. Thank you so much. Jackie, you've come so far. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of work. Um, so anyway, I was just scanning those to make sure there was nobody that had like a direct question um, that that really needed to happen. But um, yeah, I mean, this, there, there's nothing more critical to, to me than this right now. That's, that's really what it is. And, and the thing is, guys, and I, I hope that it doesn't sound like mean or anything when I say this, but like fat loss is simple, everybody. It's dead simple. It is dead simple, right? It's just a matter of a proper nutrition protocol consistently for the long term. That's it. That's all you have to do. So, and what I mean by that is I don't want you to stress about these things. You're spiking your cortisol levels. You're activating sympathetic nervous system just constantly like what oh, Justin I started lifting weights what time of day should I lift weights should it be 3 p.m. or should it be 7 a.m. maybe it should be 4 p.m. what is the proper hormonal response of resistance training if I'm going to train on a Wednesday right and I'm like what are you doing what are you doing what really like today I just lifted when I felt like it I was like okay cool like I had a lot of calls I had to do so I took a lot of calls answered a lot of emails did some custom nutrition plans and then I thought about the AMA and I was like, I have a little gap. Okay, I have a gap right now. Cool. Like I'm going to work out, right? I wasn't thinking about what is optimal or whatever. This stuff is just automatic. You have to get it to a place where it's automatic. It's built into your schedule. It's built into your week. You're, you know what food you're getting at the grocery store. You know what an average day looks like. Yes, that might mean you need to track carb manager until you know what a healthy day looks like because most people come to me and have no idea what a healthy day looks like. So they need to learn that skill. And you learn these things stepwise. Let's get the obesity out of the way, step one. And then we can move on to your life, everybody. We can move on to your life. We can talk about self-care. We can talk about mindfulness. All these things, right? Paul Saladino and I talked about this. I much prefer talking about 
quantification of like the he cut me off in traffic measure, right? Eight years ago, if somebody cut me off in traffic and pulled over, I would have gotten out of the car and been excited to fist fight them. Absolutely. My sympathetic nervous system was off the charts. There is nothing a human could do in road rage right now to get me to get out of my car and fight me. They could ram me. They could try to run me off the road and I would call the police and I would stay in my car. There's nothing, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, this guy is a psychopath. He needs to be removed, right? This is a real problem, this guy ramming people. But I just, I don't have that. If somebody cuts you off in traffic and you're pissed about it six hours later, you're still thinking about that? Are you laying in bed? I'll show him if I ever see him again. Oh my God, I'm going to honk my horn so loud. You're wasting your life, you know? We really, really need to do this. This mindset piece is huge. And again, the, the Jillian Michaels of the world have fried your brains with these 21-day fixes and the 30-day cleanses and the juice cleanses and the 28-day abs and blah, 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 blah. So you expect results in a shorter period of time and you stress yourself out tremendously. And when you compare yourself to others as well, like, guys, this is all in the manifesto. It's all been in the manifesto since the day I wrote it. When you compare yourself to other people, like, well, I lost 40 pounds in six months and that guy lost 40 pounds in 60 days. What the hell's wrong with me? Ah, and then you're stressed out because you're, what are you doing? You know, this is really, really critical, everybody. So I hope this is, this is sinking in for you guys. Super, super important, right? Nicole, I am a stressed out mess. I need more self-care, eye-opening. Yeah, and we can move into that, right? If you're a member of I Am Clovis, we can talk about these things. I have a full section of recommended books just on mindset and lifestyle design, literally. But everybody wants to read the freaking obesity code because they think they're go it's going to make their life happier if they learn all the shit that I know about nutrition. Guys, I'm telling you right now, you don't need to learn this shit, Okay. I'm the, I'm the, the only guy that's going to tell you that because this is literally what I sell. On the, I mean, it's all free information anyway on the podcast. But like you don't need to know about leptin and ghrelin and noradrenaline and basal metabolic rates and insulin levels and insulin resistance and the vagus nerve. You don't need to know this stuff. You just need to go back to living the way that humans used to live, which was quite stress-free. The only reason why I have to do all the things that I do is because I have to mitigate the stress of this day-to-day -day life that we have. You have to make this a priority in your life. You absolutely have to. Take a break on reading another fucking nutrition book and read The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz or read Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin or read Waking Up by Sam Harris even. Take a look at something crazy like that. Oh my God, you read a book by an atheist. You're going to hell when you die, right? Like, no, it's just, explore these things. You need to explore these things, everybody. It's super, super important to get a handle on this. Laura, I feel like we are programmed to block our emotions and we turn to alcohol, etc., to numb ourselves so that we don't feel. Because of this, we put ourselves in a place where we can't stand to be alone with ourselves. We spent so much time burying our emotions, we have no freaking clue what to do when we have to face them. 100% true. Yes, it's, it's, it's numbing. The entire nation is set up to numb you. Netflix is also numbing you, okay? Netflix is numbing you. Fox News is numbing you. MSNBC is numbing you. The radio in the car with 30 ads a second is numbing you. The pharmaceutical medication that you're on is numbing you. Okay? Your doctor is numbing you. All of it. It's not just the abusive stuff. People look at, uh, well, alcohol is numbing me. Yeah, for sure. You don't think your SSRI is numbing you? 
guaranteed. And I'm not talking about you specifically, Laura. I'm just saying a random person. You know, it's it's so crazy. Like, alcohol is just widely accepted all the time. I drink alcohol. Drank alcohol on Memorial Day. It was wonderful. You know, but I wasn't numbing. That wasn't my goal with that, right? And I didn't get drunk. I don't get drunk anymore. It's not something that I do. You can have drinks like a responsible grown-up. <laughs> you really can, I assure you. To take it from someone who used to get blackout drunk very regularly. <laughs> so it's like I, I get all this stuff, guys. I'm telling you. I've been numbed out. I know exactly what that is. Jean. Jean, I think. Jean. Jean? Jean? Hmm. I really love how you model self-care as active practices and not like checking out. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's, again, what Laura's saying is people think it's the vacation syndrome, right? I want to go on vacation. I'm stressed out. So I'm going to book a carnival cruise, and when we get to the first island, I'm going to sit my ass in a chair, and I'm going to drink 18 daiquiris, and I'm going to get sunburnt and stumble my way back to the boat. That is not self-care, ladies and gentlemen. That is not self-care, okay? That's what you've been sold. This is American dream. Wait till you're 65 to retire with just enough money to like sit at a fishing hole somewhere and not do shit. Like, I don't know. It's just crazy. Crazy stuff. What do we got? I am working slowly through Better Than Before via Justin's recommendations after our last good chat. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a really great book. And it's, it's very, it's, it's, it's good because it's systematic. Gretchen, uh, the author's name is Gretchen Rubin. She's systematic in, in basically everything she does. So she has a great brain for that, right? Um, it's really, really cool, like habit building and things like that. And it's, you can also get in this optimization loop where you're like, I'm going to do nothing but listen to Tim Ferriss and Justin Nall and Gary Vaynerchuk and Ben Greenfield and biohackers and entrepreneurs. And I'm going to listen to everything that, that Steve Jobs ever recorded and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden you're just comparing yourself to high powered entrepreneurs. And now you're stressed out too. It's this constant loop, you guys. Like you need to figure out what your happy is. You don't have to try to be Justin. You don't have to try to be Gary V. You don't have to be Tim Ferriss. You don't have to be Dave Asprey, right? You don't have to do that stuff, you guys. You just simply don't have to. You can pick what your path is. Like you have to understand that you can pick what your path is. Clovis is not like any other company I've ever seen because I took from different entrepreneurs and said, I got to figure out my path. That one entrepreneur, I really respect him, but he does some stuff that I don't want to do. I'm going to do this other thing. It's the same way I, I created Clovis, guys. I created my own nutrition protocol, so I tried to take the best of the nutrition protocols that I thought were kind of cool and leave the shitty stuff away. You have to make your own path. Make your own path. You have to do this. This is super critical. Not making time for self-care is also a way of numbing yourself. Well, yeah, the numbing gets, gets in the way of self-care. That's the thing. It's the constant distraction. Right? Like, well, I could go sit in my front lawn with a pen and paper because it's a beautiful day out, but This Is Us totally has a new episode. You know what I mean? It's, it's, I see this all the time. It happens every day. It's crazy. All right. Pronounce like genie. Okay, now I know. <laughs> awesome, genie. Are these books listed somewhere? Yeah, Nicole, the books are in the, in the I Am Clovis member section. I tell, I tell everyone this when they sign up. Listen, when you sign up for a plan, you get an email that says, create your I Am Clovis members account. And then you're supposed to do that. And then you're supposed to look at every single section of the I Am Clovis members account. I have 
fitness videos. I have fitness recommendations for programs. I have recommended podcasts. I have recommended reading lists. I have exclusive discounts. I have brand partners. I have the ambassador program. I have all of any, if you bought an ebook when you signed up, all your ebooks are there for download. I have lessons on macronutrients, lessons on micronutrients. Go into I Am Clovis, log in and take full advantage of this, everybody. It's crazy to me that I sell this thing for 27 bucks and people never go through the sections. It's like staggering to me. I can't wrap my brain around it. I'm like, what? What are you doing? This, this is a, a smorgasbord in there for you. Like, it's, get in there. Look around. I built it for a reason, you know? What else we got? Yeah, Laura, uh, I, think it, I think it's recommended reading. I think there's a whole section for recommended reading. I can't remember the exact titles, but it's impossible to miss. All you got to do is log in and get in there. Mel Robbins' new Audible book says, Passion is not a noun. We have such pressure to find our passion, but it's not a thing to find. It's a feeling to follow and a moving target. Yes. So I did a podcast. Um, I either was going to call it or I mentioned passion is pliable. It's one of my favorite things to say to people. Passion is pliable. Was I passionate about the music industry? Yes. Was I as passionate as I thought I was? No. Did that passion change? Did that feeling flow into something different? Yes, 100%. Life is chapters. But again, this American dream tells you, you're 18 now, pick what you're going to school for, get a job doing that, work it for the next 45 years or whatever the hell, and stay there in your cubicle no matter what, and then retire, hopefully with enough money so that you don't run out of money before you die. That's really the dream you're being sold. Passion is pliable, 100% pliable. Passion can change day to day. Passion can change hour to hour. We tell people you gotta pick something to do for the rest of your life. Specialization is for insects. I've walked you guys through that quote before. Specialization is for insects, not for human beings, right? You can be a jack of all trades, that's totally cool. I've built my whole life on it. It's literally all I do, is just do stuff that other people don't do, and then say, oh yeah, I can teach you about that, cool. You know? Anyway, we got a long episode now, everybody. Yeah, Nicole, definitely spend more time in there, 100%. Spend more time in there. Laura, joining I Am Clovis is the absolute best thing I have done for my overall health. Get it. Yes, 100%. Look, I'll put it in the comments right here if you're just an Academy member or if you're just here, you know, uh, checking it out. Just go to IamClovis.com slash start. And that's the thing. Why is there a free seven-day trial? Try to explain this to people. Like, what's the trial for? The free seven-day trial is because you get to go into I Am Clovis and you could spend days in there going through the reading list and the podcast and the educational videos and the fitness programs. And I mean, literally, just get in there. It, should t it would take you more than a week to get through all that information, right? So I'm giving people full-blown access so that they can change their entire life in seven days. For, and the free trial is free for seven days, and then it charges you 27 bucks to be a part of this thing. Like I just said, I'm going to add videos of how to make the perfect cup of coffee. I'm going to add videos on my yoga routine in the morning. This, this content is constantly going to get updated. There's another section called Food for Thought in there that are articles from the internet that I found that I think are interesting, right? Now that I need to update more regularly, absolutely. But um, there's a lot of really good stuff. That, I mean, you get lost in there for weeks right now just with the articles that are there. Right, everything from veganism to environmentalism to regenerative agriculture to fat loss to fitness. There's all these different articles. The food for thought section, you get lost just in there. So go to iamclovis.com slash start, sign up for a free seven day trial, get in there and look around. It's astonishing to me 
how many people get a membership and never spend any time in that website. It's absolutely astonishing. And it's also tricky because people ask, ask me questions that are in the, the membership site. I'm like, yeah, go to this section and there it is. And they're like, whoa, I didn't even see that. I'm like, yeah, because you didn't, you didn't log into the membership portal, you know? All right, everybody. I think we're going to shut it down. Yeah, this is this one of the longest AMAs we've done in a long time. Jeez, these, uh, these traditional AMAs tend to go long and I just get get on topics and get ranting. So uh, my sauna is preheated for me, speaking of nighttime routines. So get off the computers, ditch the blue lights, you don't need TV before bed, get a book, turn on a red light. I have red lights in my house. Like I, I'll put red lights for you guys in the show notes so you can get red lights. I have a reading lamp next to my bed. That's a red light and I read books, not Kindles, not screens, not phones. The phone goes in airplane mode when I sleep. I don't care. It is in airplane mode when I sleep. Can't reach me. There's an emergency. Sorry. I'll deal with it in the morning, right? Phone is in airplane mode, red lights at night. It's going to be a hot sauna, then a cold shower, my four, seven, eight deep, calm breath work. Try four, seven, eight tonight. Even if you don't do the cold shower, try the four, seven, eight breath tonight. Four seconds in, seven through the nose, seven second hold, eight seconds out through the mouth, six rounds of that. Try it. Tell me if you sleep better. All right. Jeannie, yes, use the search feature 100%. Nicole, thank you so much. Thank you. Laura, thank you. Laura, uh, Rick Salt Lamps, okay? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Jackie, thank you so much. Um, we'll talk about all the rest of the stuff. We'll do more AMAs. Go to ama.iamclovis.com. Ask me more questions for next time. I'll see you guys in the groups tomorrow morning. That is the Clovis Academy. I am Clovis, which you also get access to with your membership. So go to iamclovis.com slash start. Get started. Guys, please leave me reviews. Leave me iTunes reviews. Again, I am offering free samples for anybody that leaves a podcast review. So leave a podcast review and then just email me, justinimclovis.com, and we'll hook you up with some free samples. So Thank you guys so much. You are awesome. I appreciate it. I love you. Have a great night. Get some deep sleep. I hope you learned something tonight. If you did, tell me about it. I want to hear all about it. I hope this was a, an eye-opening episode for you guys. So thank you so much. Have a great night. Yeah, click the happy face. Click the love button. Click all the things. That gets me more engagement. Click, 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 click that stuff. Helps out. Also, you can click the share button. Uh, share this video with your friends. You can tag your friends in the comments because this is on a public page. So they can come on here and, uh, and take a look. If you tag your friends in here, just use the at symbol. Tag your friends. Get them to come on here and check out this video. Really good stuff. Um, I think this is a valuable episode, so I hope you did too. All right, guys. I'm Justin. Have a great night. I love you. Good night. Bye. Oh, I got a good thing somewhere. somewhere. But I close my eyes and-